If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. There is no good and evil. There is only power. And those too weak to seek it. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Be sure to tune in weekdays 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Strange Universe with Sean David Morton. The strange, interesting, and engaging wide variety of topics. So be here. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Hey everybody, welcome to another Sacred Cow Barbecue. I'm your host, Patricia Aiken, and I am delighted to welcome my guest back today. It's Chris Circa Vegas. And uh, we're gonna, you know, he's actually a private public policy advocate. And this that's a really interesting title. And so I think you're gonna be fascinated by what he has to share today. We're gonna go back over some of the Bundy Ranch thing because it's the end of the year. It was the biggest story of the year, and it continues to be a huge story here in Nevada, fighting the BLM. They're, uh, they're back on the attack. They're trying to take uh, 1.7 million acres here in southern Nevada. Uh, Nye County is doing a great job, and we'll talk about what they're up to. And um, they're, they're, they're grabbing 4 million acres in northern Nevada. These people just are insatiable in their appetite to take the land away from the people. So, Chris, welcome to Sacred Cow Barbecue. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I don't know how we're doing this. You know, we almost today, Chris is live in studio. Well, actually, we're having a roundtable discussion at my round dining table. And we almost had a studio audience today, but but he insisted on leaving. And I don't know why, because we were having a great two-and-a-half-hour conversation before this. So, Chris... You were up at the Bundy Ranch when Ammon Bundy was tasered. You were there that day? I was there that day. I wasn't there at the specific time that Ammon was tasered. We had been there earlier, and we had departed around 1 o'clock, and I think the attack on the Bundys occurred more likely around the 3.34 o'clock hour. Right. And when, and when did you, how did you get word of this? How, how did you hear that this was going on? Well, I... Uh, attend quite a few truth media radios so I can actually find out 
the actual news and the truth of what's going around. Oh, you, oh, you mean like freedomslips.com? You mean Precisely. like that? Okay. <laughs> I was specifically excluding the lamestream media's misinformation agents of talking heads of change agents who spread propaganda and try to claim it's news. And in fact, they report unreliable sources, much like the FBI, which has absolutely no credibility, and uh, CIA, which are <laughs> the communist infiltration of America. And, or, or the Cocaine Import Association. <laughs> oh, indeed. <laughs> Probably both of them. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's really quite humorous if you have the ability to see the truth beyond the lies that are perpetrated for the consumption of what they like to claim are the ignorant masses of we the sheeple. Yeah, yeah, if we the sheeple is right, because hmm. we go to the public fool system. Oh, well, yes, the public indoctrination propaganda training centers, so they can reprogram us and make us more manageable slaves on the global slave planet. Yeah, pass me some of that fluoridated water, would you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little chlorine. And give me some of those uh, thimerosal shots with the adjuvants. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. You, can, you can tell why Chris and I are instant friends, right? Exactly, he, he knows. So, um, so you, you were there, so you, you heard about this. I heard about it on YouTube. It was, a, it was a Tuesday. No, it was a Wednesday night. I saw the YouTube of Clive and Bundy at the Moapa. Uh, town hall mm -hmm. meeting where where they were talking about this, and I said, "Oh my gosh, we got to get up there." And I was um, I had to go to Los Angeles that weekend. I had committed on Tuesday to to fly down, and I and I didn't feel like I could get out of it. I wish now I had, but I've been I've been front and center ever since the first barbecue. Well, I had I have a number of friends and associates, and I, I do quite a few call-in participations on internet truth radio shows and. Uh, occasionally some of the upper echelons of them, including Joyce Riley or Alex Jones and Republic Broadcasting Network's uh, Resurrect the Republic with Tom Lockabera or Dirty Uncle Sam with Ruth Ray Riggs, uh, the Freedom Reigns Network with Proof Negative and those groups over there, Rose Colombo from uh, the Justice Club, and so I, I so get around. You make the rounds? Mm -hmm. You make the rounds, right? Well, you know, the truth is a popular message these days for a lot of people since we're in the middle of what's termed the Great Awakening. And so there's a real hunger for the actual facts and truth of what's happened and how we got to the terrible state that we're in right now, particularly here in America and effectually the world. Yeah, exactly. We're, 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 in, a, we're in a huge predicament, and I hope people like, um, like Santos Bonaccia are correct that uh, we're crossing that the elliptical or whatever into uh, time of uh, Plato back into Plato's golden age so to speak because mm -hmm. it sure as heck don't feel like it right now the dawning of the age of Aquarius yeah the dawning <laughs> of the age of Aquarius that's right the, but in the meantime we got a big fight on our hands so uh, you, you've um, you've been a winner as a, as a private public policy advocate what does that mean well the original 1789 Constitution for America, which established the Judiciary Act, whereby they set up the court systems for this country, set forth the proviso for the Attorney General of the United States. And shortly thereafter, they set forth the Office of Private Public Policy Advocate or Private Attorney General whereby those immediate learned men in the law who actually studied the law could come forth and don the cloak of the law to guard, protect, defend, 
and secure the rights of the people, and particularly the what they termed the least sophisticated people, who did not have either the resources, money, or the knowledge because of the disabilities applied by the public fool school system to obtain competent assistance of the council, those who actually know the law, as opposed to those who are only educated in statutes, codes, procedures, and policies to control the ignorant masses. The lawyers and the judges. The attorneys, the lawyers, the judges, these people who really have themselves been deceived. The great deceiver is not an amateur, it's craft, I would note. Um, many of them don't actually know the truth, although I'm sure some of them probably very well do. We've talked about Judge Dale, uh, Judge Mel, a former doctor of juristic, jurisprudence, Melvin Stampler, who wrote an interesting book called Fruits of the Poisonous Tree. And there's a Woe Unto You Lawyers. That's a great oh, publication. Indeed. In fact, uh, Judge Dale has a treatise that's available on multiple websites called The Great Adventure. <laughs> the Great Adventure, huh? Uh -huh. For who? <laughs> The who, precisely. The wondering who. That's who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, um, that's really interesting, you know, that you say that the, that the bulk of attorneys don't know what you know about and what people that know the common law know about. They're not taught the common law in law school, as I understand it. Well, they've absolutely not. In fact, the attorneys, by their bar card, are limited in what law they can apply. In fact, they're limited very specifically to nothing beyond 1933 that they can exercise in these private foreign corporate courts or foreign law courts. Uh, our American system of law has been radically changed. In fact, there's a very interesting treatise by a woman uh, called Judith Shapiro from Georgetown Law School, which talks about how the American form of common law was changed to the, what's termed the Jewish Shatar in their form of law. And the easier way for people to perhaps grasp what I'm speaking of is we have all been taught here in America that we're innocent until proven guilty. At least that used to be what we were taught. Now we appear to be what's termed negative law, presumed guilty until proven innocent. And the response for that properly, when, that we're not taught in the school because they don't really teach us anything of substance that we need to talk to be able to function in this world and have the knowledge to be able to defend ourselves. We're not taught law. We may be taught some legalese. We may be taught how to drive instead of how to exercise our right to travel. They certainly don't spend much time telling you what your Bill of Rights protections are in the Constitution. And so that. And so, if you don't know your rights, you don't have any. That is precisely so. If, if you're not at least aware of those rights that are set forth in the Bill of Rights of the Constitution, as further limiting restrictions on the federal government and how it can interact with the people in the states. In fact, even the Tenth Amendment talks about uh, the states' rights. In fact, state sovereignty is what it's speaking of, and uh, the limitations on what the federal can government can do with the states and other rights that are preserved to the people. And those are the absolute natural rights that come from us, from our creation, by our creator. And those, in fact, Roger Sales has an interesting recipe. He says, 
R plus D equals R. Rights plus duties equals remedies. Right. So I've heard Roger say that. Every right that you have has an appurtenant or an associated duty attached to it. And we have not only rights, but we have duties and obligations. And that's part of what the Private Attorney General Act is, that for those who seek out to diligently study the law, that they can honor their duty to their fellow man and to the foundational republic form of government in this country to guard, protect, and defend the country and the people. We're supposed to defend against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. Yeah, but we don't. We want to ignore those domestic ones and just uh, <laughs> deal with those those terrible uh, Arabs that are trying to take our. You know, I mean, it's just crazy how we vilify everyone except the the real the, the real culprits here. So, when that means that you have to, so what does that give you? Are you automatically a friend of the court if some if you have know someone that's going to court and they say, hey, Chris, can you help me? Do you, do you automatically get in? Because I know that's a big rigmarole of paperwork to, to file as a friend of the court to go in and, and help someone. Well, in some A McKenzie friend, I guess is what it's called. Well, it's also called a friend of the court. A McKenzie friend, that's a term I haven't heard before. But uh, basically, in the common law, you know, we are all supposed to be able to speak for ourselves. In fact, we still have that right. <clears throat> it's an ancient right since the old English law that under Vattel's Law of Nation and other, even Justinian's code, every individual has the right to present their own interest and defend themselves. Who better to defend yourself than the person that you know who you are, you know what the facts and law and evidence are against false claims perhaps fabricated or uh, false narratives that are created to try to implicate you in something that you may not have done. And therefore, you have to be able to articulate your own defense and to speak in your own interest knowledgeably and competently. And when we don't know that when someone makes a false allegation against you and claims that, oh, you uh, slandered my integrity or you... Uh, trespassed on my land or whatever it is or stole my car or maybe they claim that you've got money and that you got it by ill-gotten gain. Well, well you've now, committed fraud against them in some way. Yeah. Well, now you have been charged with a crime or an infraction or a policy violation, so you now have a presumed duty to defend yourself. And so that requires you to object and to rebut their allegation of guilt and to make them prove their claim by presenting the actual injury or wrong or to their person or property that they allege you've committed and to prove it with some articulable and substantive facts that speak to validate their allegation against you. And if you don't, then you fail to answer, you're presumed guilty. Yeah, silence is acquiescence. Absolutely, that's U.S. versus Twill. And so, it's we're not taught any law in our public fool schools because that way we're ready prey for the legal merchants who prey upon our lack of knowledge. In fact, Hosea four six says, "My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge." Exactly. So here's the thing. Courts, when you go to court with an attorney, 
as mm -hmm. I understand it, mm -hmm. okay, you are declaring yourself an imbecile or incompetent, and that's why you have an attorney representing you. Mm -hmm. This is unfortunately precisely so, but they don't share that with most of us, so we go in there we don't know that when we trust an attorney, and many of us have heard the Yiddish joke, how do you say F you in Yiddish, and that's trust me. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> well, and, and this is what basically their law books say in Corpus Juris Secundum, Volume 7, under uh, officers of court, you'll find that the attorneys and the other officers of the court are oath one to the bar, two as officers of the court, and three, not to their money paying clients. And further in that same book, Corpus Juris Opinion, Volume 7, under attorney fees, you will find that any monies that you tender to an attorney as a retainer, deposit for doing a job for you, or perhaps a down payment on a contract by the legal community is deemed to be a contribution, gift, or donation, and there's no expectation of performance extending thereby. And so if you were naive enough to trust the attorney, it was at your own peril. Wow. Kind of like the bank. Yeah, kind of like the bank, kind of like the insurance company. They're all in it together. Oh, there's a really interesting nuance that I've just become aware of. The post office is going to adopt the same modus operandi or mode of operation that the IRS does, and they will send out these letters telling you that they have discovered that you have not paid enough money for the mailings and packages you sent out during the year, especially for mail order businesses like maybe Yahoo or uh, the books Amazon, online, Amazon, Amazon yeah. those places. Anybody that does a large mail order business, even private entrepreneurs who mails out using the postal schedules and their yeah. weighing machines or online computations or flat uh, mailboxes, all the oh, flat, yeah, all this flat stuff, boxes, yeah. They'll do a spot audit, kind of like the IRS does, and they'll say, the letter will claim that we've audited you and we found errors in your payments and what they'll do is by claiming at least that they found one that was wrong in their spot yeah. audit oh. they will apply across the board to everything you mailed and say that you were under this amount and they'll come up with this big bill it could be in the multi-thousands or tens of thousands of dollars for some companies and that you have 30 days to respond well this is what's called a tacit procreation of assent. If you respond and demand them to account for how they came to this conclusory theory that you owe them money, uh, then they may have to answer that before they can prosecute you. But if you don't answer, then you have been presumed and assumed to be guilty and to owe the money. That's called tacit procreation, progeneration, or tacit presumption of guilt. Well, that's pretty ugly. Uh, diabolical. Diabolical. In the, you know the, in the, as I understand it, not that the postal, the U.S. Postal Service is not the U.S. Post Office, <laughs> but the Post Office is the highest law of the land. 
I mean, the post office is, is formed before any of the other, you know, states or any anything else can happen because they have to be able to send mail back and forth. That's what people people say, and I've heard this, and you may know differently, that it's actually the post office that pays the judges. Well, I'm not sure of that. That could be factual. I do know the postmaster general is a military position. In fact, I think the first postmaster general was Benjamin Franklin. As is the surgeon general. <laughs> yes. Well, we have lots of militaristic terms <clears throat> that are used broadly throughout our law and governmental systems, and we don't give them the heed and the respect and acknowledgement that they probably deserve. Deserve? <laughs> I don't think they deserve any. Well, they probably don't deserve them, but if we don't give them the respect and study and pay attention to what they're saying, yeah. then perhaps they would claim we deserve what we get. Yeah, we, 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 we absolutely deserve what we get, <laughs> no doubt about it. And so um, I think it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating how um, the media has used, and I heard Judge Napolitano say, well, well, there is this court order against the Bundys and stuff. So I, I just think that's, you know, ludicrous that the, the court has been wrong in how they've looked at his case because they have grazing rights that go back 140 years or more. Uh, they have water rights. I think it's 11 or 12 uh, vested water rights in, in, in springs. And they've, they've been on the land that long. And, and rights are not privileges. That's correct. Okay. And so the BLM wasn't uh, started until I think it was 1948. Okay, so that's after the fact that they already have these rights. And then they were, the BLM came to the ranchers, there were 53 of them here in Clark County, and said, tell you what we'll do. We're going to give you, we'll, you give us so much per head of cattle, and it was a very reasonable amount, and we'll only take 12.5% of that for management fees, and we'll give the rest back to you for range improvements. <laughs> and that went along pretty good until, and as a matter of fact, they let the ranchers sit on the committee that decided, okay, Chris is going to get uh, some new corrals this, this quarter. Patricia is going to get some new water infrastructure. It's going to take us two quarters to accomplish that. It's a little more expensive. And then the third quarter, some, fourth quarter, someone else can get some. And that went along until they decided to stop making the range improvements, and they did it two ways. They stopped making range improvements, and they started using that money to buy out the ranchers after they had made them unprofitable by cutting off what's called their AUMs. Mm -hmm. they, would, they would say, oh, this is just temporary, but let's say you, have a, you make 1,000 widgets a month. Okay, that's what it takes to make and sell a thousand widgets to support your family, be a productive member of society, you know, put your kids through college, all that sort of stuff. Thousand widgets a month. And then they come in and say, you know what, Chris, this month we're only going to let you make 500 widgets this month. But it's just temporary. Mm -hmm. And then the next month they come in and say, oh, you know what, it's 250 this month. And then the next month it's going to be only 100. So you cannot stay in business. And that's what they did to the ranchers. And the ranchers, except for Clive and Bundy, went for it, and they, and they went out of business. They bought the ranchers out with their own grazing fees. They paid for their own demise. Well, it's a rather clever scheme if one pays attention. Uh, this really is what we observe in common parlance as getting the camel's nose in the tents, which is also known as incrementalism. Yes. And 
the real question is where did the BLM get authority and jurisdiction in order to apply their administrative legal schemes and to extract their purported fees or taxes for utilization, ips post facto, after the fact, in spite of what we would term a grandfather clause of pre-existing continual use for an excess of 100 years before the existence of the BLM. Yeah, you have you got to ask that question because all these alphabet agencies. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just the Department of Interior thugs like you know forestry and fish and mm -hmm. wildlife and BLM. It's not just them. It's the FDA. It's the EDA, IRS. Yeah. You know, CPS. I mean, it, it it's amazing this administrative um, thugs that have been unloosed on our country in the destruction that they have um, left well, in their wake. Wiser guys than I have observed them to be the headless fourth branch of government outside the Constitution. In fact, that's precisely why they were created, was to circumvent the restrictions of the Constitution and to allow them to operate basically unregulated or self-regulated, which is a very dangerous to the public safety concept. In fact, if you look around and you find that most of the police agencies most of the law enforcement groups, the legal trade, the school teachers, the doctors, the lawyers, they're all self-regulated, supposedly. They may have some third-party governmental oversight bureau that oversees them in some fashion and is allegedly supposed to regulate, supervise, and control them. But factually, there is nothing of that sort for the legal trade, the attorneys, the bar. In fact, it's a private form association uh, some suggest yeah the fox is watching the hen house <laughs> yeah. well and surprise surprise much like we've seen in many of these uh, just horrific murders of people around the country uh, by police actors for very minuscule things which really are just totally unlawful in most cases because even the police are being taught by the attorneys and if the attorneys don't know the law they may leave the police to be led by the attorneys or misled. And if they don't teach them the law, how will they know the law? If they don't know what the limitations of their job are, will they have any limitations? I would say no. And this is the dangerous position we've got in where people really, the police that are supposed to be here, have really been altered and put into a different state, and they've really become as opposed to our public servants where they're supposed to protect and serve more accurately. They become private foreign corporate mercenaries protecting the uh, fiduciary or financial interest of the corporations that they work for as private mercenaries. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not protecting the people at all. They're, they are protecting the government, which is just a corporation masking you know, itself as a government. Hmm. Well, the word term government Actually, if you look at the etymological definition of it, govern means to control, regulate, manipulate, or manage, and mentum means mind. So it's yeah. effectively mind control in its truest essence. Exactly. So let's let's go back in time. Uh, where did this was? There, was there a time? Now, people like to have this uh, romantic 
mm-hmm. uh, notion that back in time America was a just place and everything was. I, I, I see nothing but corruption in politics as I look back. I mean, I see the murder of <laughs> Meriwether Lewis. I see, you know, I mean, I see all kinds of um, shenanigans going mm-hmm. on. Uh, where where was where was the integrity? I mean, was there any? Have you seen it? Uh, well, there. Some say there's no honor amongst thieves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that seems to be apropos here. I mean, when you look at the atrocities that were committed against the First Nation tribal people in this land, the broken treaties, which are supposed to be contracts and agreements yeah. that they're supposed to abide by. Well, if one party breaks the treaty, then the treaty is null, void, ab initio by being abrogated or broken. And so we do have a very storied history with a very sullied past if one actually looks at the facts. And it's, you know, there was a, there was a time here when I think that people generally operated fairly above board with moral scruples and actual consideration for their neighbor and help for one another uh, and it has grown far and away between, and they use our differences to put us pit us against one another and to give us the illusion that there's this indivisible, un, not able to be overcome divide between us based upon race, economics, education, uh, religions, or colors of skin, or all these other different false paradigms or that they use to divide and conquer. This is a tactic of Sun Tzu and his arts of war. You know, if you can divide your groups or get them to fight amongst themselves and let them eliminate themselves or reduce their numbers significantly, then they're a lot easier to take over by the real group that's perpetrating the the divisiveness between them. Well, we also say, uh, a friend of mine says, it's merge and conquer. Hmm. I mean, because it's the annihilation of the white race, no matter what anybody, you know, she mentioned white people. Oh, my God, she must be a racist. Yes, I am a racialist. And I and I'm very aware of the fact that less than two percent of the world's population are white women of childbearing age. I mean, our our race is done and there's no race that's ever recovered from four percent. So what is it about us that's so horrible that, you know, if, if you talk to. Um, you know, all those Jewish scholars, they'll, you know, like Noel Igneous and those people, they say, oh, white people are, are a cancer and should be wiped out. I mean, mm. I mean, it's just like they get to say all kinds of horrible things. But Clive and Bundy says that black families were better when when there were fathers in the home. He's a racist for mentioning it. Well, that's a there are a lot of false paradigms and uh, particular sensitivity issues they like to raise to divide and conquer and create dissension between us. It's a very uh, powerful tactic. Uh, last I checked, we were all creatures that were made by the Creator with the spirit of the Creator dwelling within us. And, you know, yes, we all have our uh, attributes or at least presumed attributes that we can. Uh, many people like to cast on us and label us or profile us with. Uh, I don't think it's any more right for them to kill Michael, what's his name in St. Louis, Brown? Yeah, and if they did, well, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, but, but one they did kill was a young man who happened to be Caucasian from the University of Arizona who was boating on a lake of the Ozarks uh, very near to that location the previous weekend, whenever a highway patrolman who was enjoying 
some extra money uh, along with a little fluff and eye candy doing uh, extra duty at the lake as a lake guard. And he arrested this kid for throwing a beer can out while he was, they were boating on the lake. You know, a lot of people go to the lake and drink beer. Well, they stopped him from throwing a beer can and littering the lake. <clears throat> well, that's bad. Okay, I agree, but it doesn't sound like a, a serious Ca- offense. It doesn't sound like capital punishment is required. Well, yeah. the highway patrolman not being trained and schooled properly to yeah. carry out his duties on the lake. He was just out there to make that double-time extra money. And, yeah, and, Bull- bully uh, someone. Right, and to maybe check out the bikinis or whatever else there. Mm-hmm. And So he takes this kid that was driving the boat through the beer can out, Puts him in his, uh, there's a special name, a, a little, uh, is a zombie boat or something like that. or uh, uh, Like a Zodiac kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. it's just a little skiff, okay. basically with a motor, travels okay. high speed, they use for fishing and boating. Uh, I should be able to tell you the name of it, but skipping my mind, I apologize. Donzi, I think it is. Okay. And um, put him in there, and this kid's, you know, somewhat inebriated. Mm-hmm. He's got him cuffed behind his back, puts a ski vest or at least a safety jacket over his head, over his shoulders, to give him a buoyancy vest. In case he falls in? This guy takes off, makes a radical turn at high speed. The kid falls out of the boat and sinks. The vest pops off the top. He's handcuffed behind his back. He can't swim. He sinks and drowns. Well... This guy was just as bad as the ones that shot Michael Brown or well, killed Eric Garner. I, I, I didn't. I didn't hear this on the news. Well, <laughs> no. You yeah. mean you mean the mainstream media didn't report? Well, this I don't. Part? I don't watch that news. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see it. We know when you p- pull up the internet, it has the little news stories and well, stuff like that. I, I didn't hear any of this. Well, uh, there's a couple of broadcasters, uh, J.R. Moore and Joyce Riley, that actually live in that. Uh, St. Louis area, Missouri. Uh-huh. It's a very uh, sought-after location of higher ground that a lot of the naval intel guys have right. been clued into because the likely changes of Earth that right. uh, are going to occur that may make the East Coast a swampland or right. Well, the, well, the the elite have been buying up a lot of area in the the Ozarks and, and mm-hmm. what have for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the naval intel shows that that likely is going to be. Oceanfront the sk- sk- scan- Scanlon, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right. Well, that that that's fascinating. So, um, did that um, police? Was there? It was that a white officer and a white um, white victim. Yep. Victim. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh well, this. So we didn't. We, we don't care about there was that. There's no no racial interest in that one. So it's just a, so just another can't... useless death at the hands of police acting outside scope, sphere, and color of law. Yeah. But I guarantee you there will be a multi-million dollar lawsuit over that one before it's all it's already in the process. Just like there will be on Michael Brown, just like there will be on uh, the Garner fellow. Uh, these murders of people without any, I mean, a Lucy cigarette. I mean, at the very worst, maybe it's a tax violation to sell one, break a cigarette pack on the corner. Although he wasn't selling any that day, as I understand. He may have sold them before and they suspected him. Well... Uh, a mere suspicion is not a crime. And, yeah. You know, it might be a thought crime by the person that had the delusion that it was doing. Minor, minority report. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. And even at that, to gang tackle this guy by a police gang, yeah. <laughs> and he was crying for breath on the ground. I didn't see any 
resistive behavior than trying to get his breath, yeah. which that's a natural impulse. Right. A spontaneous reaction to not being able to breathe is to try to gasp and yeah, get sure. air. And, yeah. and he was really quite uh, contrite in his protest. Uh, he was being a little boisterous about it. But to choke him out, to do this choke, to make him do the chicken, which is an unlawful tactic that's not in the policy manuals, it's not taught in the police academies. I can only say this because I've only been to about three or four police academies in my life. Um, so I do have some... What's the matter? Can't you hold a job? No. <laughs> well, actually, I decided I wanted to get an honest job that paid better, so yeah. I got to be a union electrician. But then whenever you see the corruption going on there, I, was like, I did, and mm -hmm. I started whistleblowing. Anybody that would listen, I eventually was politically assassinated and uh, terminated for no cause. I have a large case, but because we have the criminal Eric Holder masquerading as the attorney general who prosecutes victims and rewards criminals, it's yeah. not a politically sane time to bring my case. Not not exactly. Mm -mm. Not exactly. Especially whenever I think I was likely assassinated by somebody from Harry Reid's entourage and, or per, perhaps even Joe Biden because I was calling Harry Reid's office and complaining about the constitutionally invidious aspects of the health scam plan, which is not about health care, unless they're talking about the celebration of care. Yeah. It's, um, these people are the, the real criminals here. You know, um, I don't know if, you, did you have a chance to see uh, George Knapp's uh, show, Rebellion on the Range? It was Channel 8. I did see a good portion of his presentment. And the real question we have to look at with relation to the Bundy was the actual ruling of this purported federal judge in his original petition where he may have challenged either the jurisdiction or the uh, standing of the BLM and they ruled against him in that case was this position of the judge, his opinion based upon facts, law, and evidence or was it a political motivated decision to satisfy the request of someone who may have had a fiduciary interest in taking his land and with a call from the leader of the House Senate uh, would have pretty strong influence on a judge that might be looking to get moved up the ladder. Yeah, exactly. And um, Or a payola under the table or something. Well, you know, the thing with Channel 8, mm -hmm. News Now, Channel 8 News Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their, their owner is Deckard Anstrom, mm -hmm. and he is pretty high up on the Friends of Harry Reid list for oh. contributors. Hmm. So he has Harry, that channel has Harry Reid's mouthpiece. So, you know, I had some friends that were really thinking, oh, wow, they're going to, no, it was it was a horrible hit piece, and some of the yellowest journalism I've seen around the Bundy case, <laughs> because they did they did the thing they they put in some truth in it like the sheep yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the sheep rancher Mr. Vogel came off mm -hmm. to, looking pretty good. They did acknowledge that the biggest uh, foe that the enemy that the uh, turtles have are the the ravens that mm -hmm. peck at the, the, shells, it, the, huh? the yeah that are ki killing off mm -hmm. the the small turtles and. And whatnot. So I mean, there was some, but man, they just they just got the whole story all mangled up. Just and they played it twice. <laughs> it's the first aired Sunday night, and then Saturday night I came in and my friend was watching, and there it was. It was on again. They are milking this for all it's worth. Well, it likely is a uh, it's called a fairy tale or colored in the worst possible light for the Bundys for political effect. Yes. So it's a political hit piece posed as something to 
cast light on the situation. That's that's all it was. Well, let's talk about the true nature. Uh, how are we doing on time on this show? Oh, I think we're doing all right. We're going to be coming up on a break here. Uh, yeah, we we've got time. Okay, we'll. We, we, we have to talk about jurisdiction, 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 because either you have jurisdiction or you don't have jurisdiction. That's right. That's like, that's like retail, the, the, the location, location, location. You're either in-law or outlaw. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I think they're outlaws. When we look at the creation of the state of Nevada. Who's the outlaw? The criminals in the criminal justice system. Right. Because it, it's just us. That's right. It's yeah. a just us system. Uh, in fact. <laughs> and, let's look, and, and here's the thing, because I was talking to Clive in just yesterday, and I said, well, what about the Hages? The Wayne Hage Wayne came, Hager, huh? Wayne Hage went on for, for 20 years. I mean, oh, 30 probably. Well, Wayne's dead, but his family's yeah, carrying Exactly. Well, little Wayne is still there and, uh, and stuff. And they think they've signed another contract with the BLM. He doesn't know for sure he was going to call him and ask him. But the judge in that case, a federal judge, actually said that the BLM's behavior towards the Hages what shocked the conscience of the court. Yes. Now you got you got to go some to shock a judge. Yes. I mean they're lawyers, man. They're they're they're, they're pretty. I mean, well, they, they they said they there was racketeering. Yes. There was mail fraud. There was fraud. I mean, there was uh, you know, I mean, intimidation, all kinds There's of bad stuff going on. Another case very similar to that that occurred up in the Idaho-Utah border and, and California border area called the Midnight Fire Case. And what they did, the agents or actors of some government agency or contractor or hitmen for them went in there and started fires, which burned something like uh, 55,000 or 50, a bunch of acres. And they tried to charge them $55 million to this rancher up there that they put the frame the rancher and tried to claim the blame belonged to him for starting the fire when it was actually set by government agents. In fact, it was really curious because the defense counsel in this particular case, and I can't even tell you, it's known as the Moonlight Fire Case is all I can tell you. He actually recused the whole judiciary of the state of California and they brought in a special traveling justice from the Federal Circuit of Court of Appeals. In fact, I think his name I'll I, I butcher his name, but something of, uh, either Kozinski or Kozlowski or something of that. He's actually from the Ukraine. And I had the privilege of, uh, at least the grace of being able to catch him on uh, C-SPAN doing a National Defense Council seminar and a panel that he was speaking on. And this guy actually knows the Constitution. He comes from the Ukraine. He knows what communism and the Russian Soviet style of government looks like. And he was really new his stuff. And he was brought in specially because of the corruption in the judiciary and the federal judiciary in the state of California. Whoa. That's uh, pretty that, significant. That's, that's huge. Well, when we find that we have political activists sitting as judges and realize that they are either political or bar appointments. There is absolutely, unequivocally, I have irrefutable proof that there is a judicial requirement for the Supreme, uh, bar requirement to hold a judiciary position on the Supreme Court and all the other federal courts and all these private foreign corporate courts around the United States. Our justice system was hijacked back in the 1864-5 range 
when they changed what was set forth in the original uh, 1789 Constitution's Judiciary Act as the small d, small c, district courts of the United States for America. All right. And then they changed them to be the U.S. district courts. Now, some people note that in etymology, if you put dis in front of the word, D-I-S, the rest of the word has an evil, wicked scheme and operation behind it, as opposed to miss, which means it's by a mistake. So this district court, T-R-I-C-K, spelled T-R-I-C-T to confuse people, was put in to usurp and take over the court system by this special interest group. And this is when they started bringing in the ancient feudal system of England, where we're all serfs to the lord of the land. Yeah, feudal, federal. Well, in fact, I've had a lot of contemplation on the word federal, and I think it might be spelled a little differently. I think it might be Fa'ed Ra'el, and it has some speakings back to an evil demon pagan god, sun god, and uh, some kind of notes to some other times in history or his story uh, whenever it means something other than what we think. I'm not sure what federal really means. Uh, right. But, well, it's, uh, it's, it's means ugliness today. I mean, it's, it's the founders set up to have very limited government. Yes. And because, you know, in what Jefferson said, when the people fear the government, there's tyranny, and when the government fears the people, there's liberty. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's why we are in tyranny today, because the government has gotten so huge and so abusive and so, um, I, I won't say chaotic, but that there's absolutely no rule of law left here. It's only, um, it's what, what your money can buy. Well, in fact, when we look at the concept, in the federal rules of evidence, if you'll read just the first 10 pages, you'll find that the judges are only required to give you, or provide you, the appearance of fairness or justice, and beyond that, they're free to do with you as they will. That term is judicial discretion. Now it's also morphed into prosecutorial discretion or pro se executioner discretion, where the prosecutor has the discretion whether to bring a case or not bring a case, right. whether to apply the law or not to apply the law, whether to let his cronies or those who might offer contributions to him off or to hold them to accountability for their crimes, to eventually go to the pope or the priest and pay for your sins instead of suffering the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune for what acts you committed. Right. Now, there should be mercy somewhere in the law. Ah, I mean, well. <laughs> I mean there, there, should be, there should be a difference. In common law, there's not. And we should maybe go back and define the difference between common law and, and talk about the different United States. Because there's ah. the... But let's see. Uh, where, where do we want to go with that? that this is a, such a big subject. Well, the, yes. And, and the, these are really things that they don't teach you in full school, so they might be foreign to many listeners. But I suspect... Many of your listeners are pretty astute and will understand what we're talking about and likely already have a clue. When we understand that the Republican form of government, in fact, when Ben Franklin came out of the Constitutional Convention, 
is said to the lady asking what sort of government did we get, he said a republic if you can keep it. If you can keep it. Uh, a republican form of government where the rights of the individual are unassailable, unalienable, and cannot be overcome by even an individual, by a, a group. A democracy or perhaps a demonocracy or crazy demons is where it's a rule of the mob, mob rules. So right. Democracy is uh, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think uh, Mr. Franklin was very accurate in his uh, assessment in that fashion. But when we look at absolute rights, and our rights really don't come from the Constitution, we have some rights that are protected. The language is enumerated limitations on government that they can't do to the states of the people. Our rights come from our Creator as being creatures made in the image of the Creator and having His Spirit for each and every man. So our rights are our absolute natural rights. Some of them are protected in the language of the Constitution. Do you hear that, Michelle? Natural rights. That's her show, Our Natural Rights. Oh, well, That's very good. <laughs> and I compliment her for having such an appropriate and correctly named show. Yeah. But so in the common law of, really our common law came from England, uh, and we had wise men and some men that were still representing the interest of the king over there in Great Britain and England and uh, had other agendas as opposed to letting America set itself free and out from under the foot of the feudal lord. And they fought a revolution here, and some people allege that we won that battle, and I've seen some... And some people allege we, ha we didn't. That's true. <laughs> that we're still under the king. Well, yes. In, in fact, the king might be under somebody, or maybe he is under somebody. Uh, uh, there are those who suggest the Vatican is the heart of the ruling elite of the world, or perhaps the Jesuit warring and assassination arm of the Vatican Church, although some suggest that the roots may go a little deeper to another interest. Right, then there's the banking interest and the, the Rothschild, and we say, which one? Then people say that there's warring interests, so that that's all fascinating stuff, but we, we, we've we only got two hours today to, to oh. do this, so we, we don't have time to, okay. <laughs> to unveil that. But let's just talk for a minute about about the change when the government became a corporation. Was was the U.S., like, I'm an anti-federalist. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe the Articles of Confederation were enough, that the states didn't need that. But the person that I realized that had the Federalist Party was... Mm -hmm. Hamilton. Hamilton. And Hamilton was... An the agent of the king. Agent, an, an a Rothschild agent, mm -hmm. and Jewish, well, Jewish mother. Well, I... I, I tend to like to avoid that term Jewish because I think it's an inappropriate term that was created by them to divide and conquer us. I think if you wanted to call them Zionist or Pharisees, okay. uh, it might be more accurate. Okay, but he wasn't an Anglo-Saxon, let's put it that way. Okay. So he had, I, I believe he had Rothschild ties, and he was the one that ran the Federalist Party. Well, of course, if we really want to look at the truth of the matter, the Rothschilds were, that was a fabricated name based upon the meaning of Red Shield. Red Shield. And it was actually the Meyer, Meyer Amschel Bear Bird cult. Yes. Who uh, were behind the Rothschild 
pseudonym or false name. So these were the money powers. In fact, there was a really interesting, uh, oh, I should be able to remember the name of this movie that just ran. It was from the 1930s or 40s. And it was a very interesting uh, about the Rothschild, House of Rothschild, I think was the name of the movie. And, uh, oh, I saw clips of that well, in I black and white, right? Yes. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was, I had a lot of truth in that movie yeah. about the banking powers. And, you know, when you really know where they come from and how they acquired and using the hook and crook and the uh, ready access to the news before anybody else to be able to beat them to the punch and spread the lies of who won the. That might be mine. No, that's mine. Okay. Oh. Spread the lies to, to the world of what really happened so they could buy up the stocks and the interest of the companies that were falling like rocks because everybody thought that the other side won. And then as soon as they found out who really won, <laughs> uh, they uh, made a ton of money. And, of course, loaning monies to kings was a very lucrative prospect so they could prosecute their wars and... Then they would bid on both sides of the wars and loan them both money and collect usury on the loan. And uh, whoever paid the most may have got the best uh, help and so on and so forth. But that's, that's why they like wars, because it generates money. Well, and this goes back to why they wanted to replace the Republican form of lawful government with a corporation under the 1871 D.C. and Corporations Act because corporations are not live, living, flesh and blood people. And if you consider everyone to be a corporate entity, then you don't have any limitations on what you can do in a corporation. Right. So, um, and, and, that's what, and, and that's what your all caps person represents. <clears throat> Listen, during lunch, you do a, you do a great um, diagram here. And I don't think we have time to go, well, we may have time to go over it. Why don't you go over this? triangle that you drew and maybe describe it in a way that people can understand what we're talking about here about our natural rights and who we really are because when I go to these these since we've been working against uh, you know this BLM land grab and what have you I hear all kinds of well-intentioned people get up and say oh yes I'm one of the citizens of Nevada I'm one of the and I go <laughs> oh you poor thing you <laughs> me when I get up and say I I'm happy to be one of the private persons of Nevada or one of the people of Nevada. I am not willing to be one of the citizens of anything. Well, and citizen is a word that most people don't have any. Uh, they're actually, it's a combination of city and denizen. <clears throat> and these are forms of slaves. Pardon me, I got a little. Yeah, you know, and, and I understand that the, <laughs> the, the difference um, comes from Roman civil law. That Roman civil law actually had three classes of people. You had, uh, you had the free people, free landowners, probably, and then you had citizens, people that were considered citizens, that probably got some kind of benefit from the government, and then you had slaves. Well, <clears throat> this, Am I is, close? this is pretty close. Uh, you were, if you were a Roman citizen in Rome, you effectually had a large amount of rights, but you had a lot of merchants because Rome was the center of the world, who would come there to sell the word, their wares. So they were treated differently than the Roman citizens. In fact, if you remember uh, the one that we're told is Jesus Christ was a citizen of Rome. Yeah. And so therefore he couldn't be 
crucified. Yeah, by he, the he, yeah, yeah. He was. They did not have jurisdiction. That's right. In that they did and not. In fact, he, the uh, governor told them that the Caiaphas, the head yeah. high black robe Yehudi priest cult, yeah, yeah. Ball, yeah. could, if they wanted to deal with him, it was on their heads, not on his. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna go over this pretty soon. We're co- we're gonna be coming up on a break here in a couple minutes. But you want to stay tuned because you want to hear an interesting. Uh, diagram that you're going to want to take down uh, to really understand uh, the natural law in in, in the government, because uh, we have been uh, we've been fighting this thing since Babylon. It's the priestcraft. Mm-hmm. That's what politicians are now. They are the priestcraft. When you go into court uh, and you uh, the lawyers go up and bow before the judge. I mean, they're worshiping their you know their 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 high priest. It's a it's a really convoluted mess that we're, that we've gotten into. <laughs> we're in a heap of trouble. We're in a heap of trouble, and it no, it's a that's that's how it looks. So hey, stay tuned. We'll be uh, we'll be talking more about this. Welcome back to Sacred Cow Barbecue. I'm Patricia Aiken, and my guest today is Chris Circa Vegas, and uh, we've been talking about the law and a lot of different. We've been all over the place on this. But we're going to draw you a diagram here real quick that's going to give you some understanding that maybe show you something that you've never seen before. So before I do, I just want to, uh, I just want to thank you for tuning in to freedomslips.com uh, and Revolution Radio. We are listener and volunteer supported. And so I want to encourage you to make a donation. Uh, go on over to freedomslips.com. You can hit the donate button, you know, throw some money our way. Because it um it doesn't cost a whole lot if a if everybody that listened just threw in two bucks a month, or maybe uh maybe twenty four dollars a year, I mean we'd never have to uh, ask for money again. I mean that's what it would take just two dollars a month to support the radio station for all the great programming you get here. We're in Studio B, Studio A goes great guns as well. I mean Hawks Nest is on from time to time. I mean there, there's no shortage of great information to listen to. And so I hope you'll go over there and, uh, and show your support. And um, if, you, if you're so inclined, there's some great products on, on the website, things that you, can, uh, that you can get. That's another way you can support us. And, uh, and so, I, you know, hey, uh, do your part. It's, um, don't be a keyboard warrior. Uh, be a real warrior. Help get the truth out. So uh, we look forward to your donation. Thank you so much. So, Chris, welcome back. Well, thank you so much. I was listening to your intro there to this session, and, you know, it's really important for people if they have the ability to support the station to do so. But so many people are suffering from this devastating attack on the economy and everything else here in America. We're really what under what's termed asymmetric war. It's set forth in the Solid Weapons for Quiet Wars, technocracy or technocrazy, as I prefer to call it, <laughs> uh, plan to take over the world. And you, there are many forms of war which most people don't have the ability to perceive as war. And you can use economics, you can use food, you can use water. Vaccines. Vaccines, uh, nutritional supplements in some cases. Uh, It's just diabolical that they can use, even education, information, knowledge is a very powerful. The internet is a genie that got out of the bottle. They didn't count on it. They really needed that because they don't call it the worldwide web or spider's web for nothing or the internet fishers of net for intel for nothing. They use it to monitor us, to gain intel, and insights into our lifestyles and what we're thinking, what we're doing, what 
kind of chatter. Oh, St Stalin it. never had it so good. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You know, if, if you can put your finger on the pulse of the world, then you can detect when the precise time, perfect when the least resistance will be offered for your global takeover. Yeah, you know, it, and it's funny. I mean, we were just talking about Ebola a minute ago during the break. Where'd it go? I mean, it, that was just a ruse that they were playing on, on the American public, around the world even, just to create more fear because I really feel that these, um, these archons feed off our fear. They get energy off of fear. They get energy off the shedding of innocent blood. Well, and they, by the disinformation campaigns or false narratives, as the legal trade likes to call it, mm -hmm. when they put something other than truth out and then they can get people to buy the lie, uh, whether it's a ruse to confuse or a manufactured crisis or cry of ISIS, uh, it's, it really makes no difference. But the forcing people to live in fear, to worry about the, the imaginary bugaboos that are flying through the air or that are in the water or the Fukushima radiation or the plane crashes that are crashing and they can't find them anywhere for a month or so and you know, all these different things are meant to psychologically torture and terrorize us. And whenever we're in a state of confusion is devised by these people of worrying about all these manufactured hypothecations of terror, some real, some not, whether they're government-created COINTELPRO false flags, agents provocateurs, whereby they're creating and manufacturing uh, an actual event or one that is manufactured, like Sandy Crook, Hook. Oh, <clears throat> Boston Marathon. By Boston Marathon. We, we'll, we'll, we'll go, I think we should go, run down this list. Oh, well, let's go to Aurora, Colorado, James Jimmy Neutron Holmes, the son of the creator of the LIMOR, or LIBOR they call it, the computer program where they fix all the... Um, Different programs. Right, the so-called the Tucson shooting. Oh, get, yeah. get with uh, with the Gerald real Lofner. Uh, yeah. In fact, I noticed a very strong physiognomic Ger parallel or appearance between Lofner and James Neutron Holmes. They both look like psychotropic drug. Oh, oh, fiends. oh, yeah. Well, they, well, they've showed pictures of him where he's putting on Lofner's putting on the crazy face, and they show the real face. I mean, oh, oh, definite, yeah. definite crisis actors. Kind of like the ones that did the CC shooting here. Oh yeah, Def CC's piece. Are, oh, absolutely, man. That was that was definitely. Or well, those two cops that just got shot. Did you know that last week I heard on the news report here? I don't remember what station it was. I wish I did. I didn't know they were going to say it. It caught yeah. up on me fast. They said that the two officers that were shot here at the CC's Pizza yeah. were on the terrorism watch force. Oh, I want to know what they had on those men. Why that? Why that was a hit on those officers? And I, I would say that Metro was behind it. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, it, at least, well, you know, there was so much stuff about. And I'm too stupid not to keep my mouth shut. So well, remember the crisis event management training school at the FBI in Quantico, Virginia, which has a large portion to do with a lot of these. Yeah. Andrew Matalab. Yeah. Uh, Columbine, yeah. uh, you can go yeah. to, I mean, there, there's just no end to these things. Yeah. Um, but at least they're not really. Jose Padilla that we got to take our shoes off of. Yeah, but at least we're not really, like Sandy Hook didn't really kill anybody. At least we're, well, I'm grateful for that. Well, yeah, yeah. At, but, le least, at, least they're, 
least they're false flags or at least getting more comical, you know? Well, and, and you know, what's really despicable and worrisome is that these people actually are so diabolical that they would never hesitate to murder some of their own oh, oh, yeah. they, for the they, radical cause. Well, they, well, they've always done. Marxists have always been that way. I mean, that's... Well, Nothing that's new there. classic Solowinsky, yep. I think page 23, I'm not positive the page number, but they say that they want to depart from the radical ends for the radical agenda. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, well, they don't want to act so overtly to take over, oh. but they want to keep moving forward progressively. Oh, so, oh, so we'll, we'll, we'll gradually just give up our rights well, yes, all the time and, and, be, and be willingly, willingly do it. Boil yes. the frog. Boil the frogs, frogs. Mm -hmm. incrementalism. Gradualism. precisely, right. yeah, nudge. Yep. Uh, that's Cass Sunstein's book, I think. Uh, our information, infos are, or misinformation infos are, and the that would be the Edward Bernays and Joseph Goebbels oh, yeah. disinformation campaign. Bernays, nephew of uh, Sigmund Freud. Freud. Sigmund Freud, exactly. Uh, yeah, the incestuous relationship yeah, yeah. there. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's let's look at this triangle that you you, mm. you drew me for lunch because it's really revealing. So if if you're listening, draw, get a piece of paper, and on the top half of the paper, draw a triangle, point up. Yep. Okay. Draw a point. Okay. Point up. No, well, take in, them from there, Chris. In our in our Creator Father's form of government, where it is God centric, where He is at the very apex of the pyramid at the top, because okay, right, right, Creator at the top, or right, Almighty, or right. whatever you all that is, whatever you want to put there. And the right below there are we, the people, who were spirits that were created with his spirit within each and every one of us, we, the created, can never be greater than the creator. So we're below the creator at the top of the pyramid. Right, and we're, the, we're spirit beings having a physical experience. Yep. Okay. <laughs> or, or fear-based experience. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy envisioned as reality. Yeah, right, right. So, False evidence appearing real. Right. Yeah. So then let's draw us a horizontal line in the middle of the pyramid, and that is our government that we created. In fact, they make a big deal about this word term sovereign, the sovereign people who created the government. Sovereign, sov means self, and reign means to rule or regulate. So basically, we're sovereigns without servants. So we're supposed to self-control, self-regulate ourselves and be responsible for our own actions. And we create a government to serve us. That's why they're called public servants. Right. And so if that line there at the middle of the pyramid going horizontally from the two legs going down at approximately six degree angles, uh, then we have the different agencies of government or departments of government that are created before them by our representatives who really are supposed to be presenting our interest as opposed to representing our interest into somebody else's interest yeah. or their own. But those agencies of government fall underneath there and they function within their sphere of control. But we were supposed to have the fourth branch outside of government that supersedes and supervise those agents below us 
in the form of the common law grand jury. It was supposed to be the fourth branch of government, but without the government to oversee and to regulate the government, hold those bad actors who would abuse their right, their privileges to act for us, against us, to accountability for the violations of the contract of employment with us. Well, we'll talk about common law grand juries here in a minute. Okay. Okay, so back to your diagram. Okay, so there should have been someone outside of that. But we've got the creator at the top. Mm -hmm. Under that is the people. Uh huh. Okay. But they've subverted this somehow. Well, they remember the concept of as above, so below that was taught by Madame Halina or Halina. Yeah. Blavatsky. Blavatsky. At the Theosophical Society. Right. And she said that love of that Satanism is love of self. And so. Wow. When we all have the powers to be gods in their illuminated delusions of grandiose just yeah. deception of self-deceit. And sociopaths. And they can, they can act as gods and do as thou wilt. Mm -hmm. um, we find that they flip the pyramid on us. And now they think that government is over people and they rule us instead of we're supposed to regulate them like the Creator's plan was. And they try to get God and wipe God out of the system. Right. I, I say that, and I heard this and it made sense to me, that the people own the government and the government owns the citizens. Mm. There's two classes of people here. There's a second class citizenry that was set up by the 14th Amendment. Do you agree? Well... They created a new class of citizen in the 14th Amendment, the small c, federal citizen, subject to the power of Congress by the language directly from the 14th Amendment. Subject to means slave to or controlled by. And what happened when they brought in the 14th Amendment, as the feudal system was coming out of England, it was coming into America under the 14th Amendment's constructs. In fact, the guys on the Resurrect the Republic show and the uh, Dirty Uncle Sam, that's uh, WUncleSam.com, they have a great investigation into this. A fellow by the name of L.B. Bork wrote a book called The Red Amendment, the 14th Amendment, it's called to be The Red Amendment, because that basically brought in the feudalism, the slaves, master-slave system that we know from ancient Sumer and Babel, and the Pharisees, and these diabolical schemes of having kings or rulers, oh, of course, and of course the scriptures say no king but king Yeshua or Jesus. Well, you know, the, um, the you know, I'm still checking out the Bible. I come from a Bible background, and so I always kind of, my mind kind of reverts there. But I know the story where the children of Israel are, are crying out for a king like all the other people, and yep. Yahweh's warning them. He's telling them, no, no, you really don't want that. No, no, we do, we do. He says, well, this is what's going to happen. They're going to, you know, sell your sons and daughters into slavery. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. No, we don't care. We want one anyway. So, like all the other enslavements, we volunteered for this one. Well, some people volunteered. Some people, yeah. And some well, would suggest that by our ignorance we volunteered or a lack of knowledge we volunteered. And yeah. The sins of the parents are visited on the children to the fourth and fifth generation. Mm. Well, that don't sound very good for us. No, it don't. We've got several uh, multi-generations from probably 5,000 years of deception on this planet. If we really knew the truth, it could be even longer than that. But, you know, this is really, really different. Because under the common law, 
the only way you can have a case to bring before the court or the jury, the trial by jury of your peers, to be adjudicated with a judge acting as an independent third party that wasn't conflicted and didn't have any interest in the case for either side, you had to have an injury, either to your person or your property, in order to have any qualifiable reason to have a case to bring before the court. If you couldn't prove your injury, then you surely couldn't go to court. Right, so that there's really only one law in common law, and that is do no harm. That's right. Absolutely. And as natural humans, we should not harm our neighbor. We should not lust after his property or his wife or his children or what things he has, unless we become corrupt and beguiled by the serpent and walking down the deceptions and thinking that we're entitled because of our being more important or more elevated or more enlightened or whatever else. I'm not sure that the rich man can get through the eye of a needle. Or even more entitled. Or privileged, privilegious. Right. Or maybe exempt from the laws that everybody else is supposed to be working under, kind of like Congress makes themselves. Right, exactly. When they set up the health care plan, didn't they say that was for the little people and they were exempt from it? Yeah, they were exempt from it. They wanted to keep their congressional plan. It was better for them. Yeah, but Obama said if you like your doctor, you can keep him. And otherwise. Yeah. Well, he is a politician. Right. When his lips are moving, he's lying. That's right. We know what politics means. Poly is many. Tix is blood-sucking creatures. So, okay, now, so we've got the triangle here. We've got the creator at the top. We've got the people under the creator. And then we've got the government under the people. What's happened is that, so then you've drawn me another triangle, a pyramid, if you will. Okay. Underneath this one that's upside down. Now the point is pointing down. It's been completely turned upside down. But if you move these two pieces together, what symbol do you have? A six-point star. A six-pointed star. A six-point star bar chamber of Satan. Wow. Isn't that, a, that that's sometimes known as the Seal of Solomon? Uh, well, some call it the Seal of Saul-Aman, the God-Man of the Sun, or Sun-Man is God. Uh-huh. And, and, and sun gods are, we're, you know, we have a history that's full of sun gods. Well, absolutely. In fact, it's been very convenient for some people to hypothecate stories that God specially selected them and chose them to lead all those people. Yeah. And gave them some special privileges for the job of having to lead them, of course. And then they maybe perverted their job description to their own interest and thought they might lead a few special people, special places, <laughs> and give some of their cronies special things for helping them run their government. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that that's really interesting. I never I never saw the six pointed star diagram that way to, to, to put it together. That that's pretty fascinating. So how do people get back? Is there a solution here? Well, it's not an easy solution, but really we have to remember that local government governs best because the local people know exactly what's going on in their area. They know what their environmental conditions are in their particular place on the planet. They know what the weather conditions are. They know if they've got a lot of people. They know if the people are misbehaving or behaving properly. What uh, the they, neighborhoods are like. Yeah, they, they, they have school systems. They know what their values are. 
they know what their customs are and they can work in agreement with those customs that prevail in their society. And if you don't like their society, you're free to move out of there and go to another society that's more in agreement with your, your vision of what the world should be. Uh, that's the freedom of movement and freedom of the right to travel that we're all supposed to enjoy here. Although the Herman pack them and stack them mentality is pretty uh, at hand here. In the well, that's not, that's such a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's really what's behind the, the BLM's land grabs. Well, and there's even more diabolical things than that. It appears that many of our alleged representatives uh, may have their own private interest in enriching their own private pockets at the expense of with the people by selling government lands to our foreign enemies who want to purchase our resources with the money that they've uh, made from selling their cheap things to America and uh, basically drive jobs out of America to foreign interest to put more money in the hands of our enemies so they can financially attack us and commit war against us, financial war, buy our land right out from under us and do like I think it was Jefferson promised us that if we didn't uh, preserve and protect and guard and defend uh, that we would wake up homeless on the continent. Our fathers, uh, forefathers, and died for. for. Mm -hmm. and, and there's more to that quote. It says if they and if they ever allow uh, the banks mm. and the corporations which r rise up around them to issue money, it, it all comes back to the banksters and the issuance of, of so-called money when actually we're only being issued debt. Well, your those Federal Reserve notes. Uh, there's nothing federal and nothing in reserve, they're all just pretty ink drawings on pieces of paper. Uh, I think it cost about $33 to print about 100000 or 500000 of any denomination they want to. But you know, I just was listening to, um, I, think, I think it was Dave Merrill and some other people the other night. Uh, I'd like to get a hold of Dave and get him on the show. But um, talking about how you can actually, um, th this there's two kinds of money there that you can actually have lawful money with a Federal Reserve note. Even though most people we talk about, you know, the Federal Reserve notes, oh, they're worthless as this. And he said, um, and what they talked about is when you sign your check, mm -hmm. and now this is something they, they go with our laziness. Like if you get a check from an employer, lots of people, um, lots of people, um, you know, just have that automatically deposited into their bank account. Mm -hmm. That's a mistake. They say because how you endorse that check can change that from legal money to real lawful money. Legal money that that goes to the net, it creates more debt and lawful money that goes against the debt. And how they said it was, um, I believe you say, um, redeemed for lawful money uh, pursuant to, um, I think it's 12, uh, Title 12, USC, 411, right? Mm, or something I'm, like that. I get, I've got notes, so, uh, so that's pretty interesting. Well, what I do know is they do have U.S. notes available um, that supposedly reduce the debt of the United States whenever you put those into circulation and expend those for purchase. They have more pretensions of lawful monum than anything else that we have available other than gold or silver, which are lawful monum uh, substance backed by valued firm commodities that are substantive that actually have some true value in the world marketplace. 
In fact, there are many different countries that are acquiring as much of those precious metals that they possibly can, and apparently there are many uh, contracts for that gold that have been oversold, and they can't deliver the amounts of gold they've sold, and so there's going to be a uh, disconcerned bunch of people when they find out they think they have positions that are not backed on anything. Now, I heard a great term, I, I don't remember who used it, they said they're going to get uh, MF Global. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jork, John Corzine, whose money just magically evaporated, and there was nothing that the poor depositors could do about it. They trusted the bank. Yeah. That trust me thing again. Yeah, that trust me thing again. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating situation, and um, I, I think when people, um, the common law grand jury situation is fascinating to me. Here's my problem with it. You know, I'd love to see this happen. Mm -hmm. I've talked with people about it. I think um, National Liberty Alliance. Yep, John Durash, National Liberty Alliance. They, they, um, they're, they're doing a good job. I know uh, my friend Michelle Johnson here is, uh, is, is, is heading up. She is the Nevada coordinator, at least the Southern Nevada coordinator, uh, to, to set up uh, common law grand juries. And maybe you can talk a little bit more about this, but I want to know how is that going to be enforced? Well, that's the, that's the ultimate question whenever you start talking about the Crown and Law Grand Juries or restoring the Republic or anything else, the enforcement aspect. When the de facto corporation at the points of gun seized control of the government and their six-point star bar buddies of Satan uh, took over the judicial system because I can tell you there is an absolutely an irrefutable requirement for bar affiliation to be considered for Supreme Court or any of the other courts. And that, to me, is absolutely the destruction of justice because now they give themselves privileges from the bar that excludes them from everybody else in defiance of the uh, equal justice under the law. And yeah, well the, well, the maxim of law is that uh, no one is above the law and everyone is equal under the law. But mm -hmm. that's no more. Well, uh, now we have specially entitled privilege, privilegious individuals who have uh, put themselves above the law, given exonerations, placed out of honor, ex-honor, uh, from the law that the rest of us are supposed to operate under. And therefore they've placed themselves above the law, making themselves God-men. Oh hmm. my God, the priestcraft again. Isn't that what they call an abomination? Yeah, that's what they call the abomination. Hmm. It would be a usurpation, an unlawful seizing of powers they're not entitled to have. Right. What about, okay, now I'm going to bring up another crazy word here that I'm just learning about. Mm. And, uh, and if you want to talk about it, great. So, but still, common law, grand juries needs to go, but we don't have anything to enforce it. Well, the unfortunate conundrum that we find ourselves in is the juries that we have now are usually called jury trials instead of trial by jury. And they've become... Uh, tools or instrumentalities of the prosecution or the officers of the court, the court itself. And they therefore prosecute the agenda of finding guilt so they can extort funds or lock people up and then prey upon their uh, secret accounts that we don't know that we have when they securitize our books. Right. I, I, I got called to jury uh, trial, to mm -hmm. jury duty, to you know, be in the jury pool. Mm -hmm. uh, let, oh, and I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was really, and, and I'm and, proud to serve. And, and all the way over there, I'm thinking, 
man, am I going to be able to keep my mouth shut long enough to get on this jury or not? Because mm. I really want to serve on the jury, you know, because I think it's our, it's our duty, you know, mm -hmm. to be a juror, you know. But, uh, you know, because jury of our peers used to really mean jury of our peers. It used to know people that knew you, your neighbors, your school teacher. Are you, your... you implying possibly that you know about the right of juror nullification? Oh, well, actually, it was really interesting because, um, well, there, there was this, this, um, this black man who was obviously in a, in a hand-me-down suit from someone, you know, and he was there. Maybe the best clothes he had. Yeah, well, it could, could have been, and I... I've, and he was he was making a point. He had no representation. They actually assigned him someone to help him with the procedure, mm -hmm. but he wanted to represent himself, and I and I give him credit for that. Oh, he was a defendant. He was a he was the defendant. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, but they didn't tell us it was had something to do. They were accusing him of something. He was saying that it was a roommate. Something something was stolen apparently, but mm -hmm. they didn't tell it what law was broken. They didn't give us this thing. It was just a little thing that came out, and so the judge says, "Is there anyone here?" that's going to have a problem with following my orders about this case. Well, that was just too juicy. Oh. I just, I, you, you couldn't hold your I, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I raised my hand. It, it, like Ron White, yeah. you had the, uh, I had a right to remain silent, but I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, you didn't have the ability. <laughs> exactly. So I said, she goes, well, what is this? Well, actually, when I read the juror's hand, as I understand it, as a juror, I not only have to um, judge, you know, the the case, but also the law that this case is based on, and that I need to be able to, until I know what that law is, no, I can't say whether I'm going to follow your orders. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't believe in following the law? And I said, well, it, it, well, of, well, it depends. I mean, uh, you know, well, what's, well, well, you don't follow the speed limit? And I said, well, actually, that's a really poor example, Your Honor. I said, because, <laughs> because when I read the motor vehicle code, I found out that the speed limits were for commercial vehicles like bus drivers and truck drivers and taxi drivers. Well, what are you doing? Because, well, I'm just, I'm just traveling in my personal automobile. Mm -hmm. And so th those speed limits, but I follow, well, you, you, know, you don't follow the speed limits? And I go, well, actually, I'm a safe driver, and I really don't want the hassle of not following the speed limit, so I do. But, uh, but I don't believe that that law really applies to me when I'm traveling, mm -hmm. just, you know. So as well, well, you don't, you know, so then she'd come up with some other nonsense and stuff like that. And finally, she finally said, you misunderstand. Oh. And I said, actually, no, I just disagree. <laughs> and uh, uh, but she was right. I wasn't under. I wasn't standing under her. That's she, right. I was. She didn't like that. So she told me to sit down. Well, okay. I I got a notice to jury duty for the federal court, and so I, you know, I said, well, you got to respond, or you're going to be held in contempt. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll answer. So I answered, and I explained to him that I was a. Not a U.S. citizen. I was a U.S. national, yeah. Union State national, yeah. and that I was not domestic and not a resident. And they had those terms in there too, and that uh, I was quite competent in knowing in the law and the other forms of legal things that they do. And uh, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. happy to serve. It, they never called me. They never. Well, you know. Well, the funny part was when I sat down, there was a nurse on the other side of the gallery mm -hmm. sitting there, and she raised her hand. And the judge called on her, and she stood up, and she <laughs> said, I, I agree with everything she just said. 
<laughs> Me too. It was hilarious. Well, you know, and the judge was kind of pissy about this. I have to say, because she refused to. She she immediately broke for lunch. No. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're gonna take a recess. We're gonna have a recess here. And uh, but she made us come back and, and sit through the whole thing, even though. Oh, and these the um, the marshals at the court. Oh my gosh, you should see these guys. They are like they look like they just got out of prison themselves. They are so overbuilt. I mean, so and muscular. Steroids. Yeah, steroids yeah, for no sure. Hormones. Exactly, and they um in heavily armed tasers. Oh yeah. Nine millimeters. Yeah, I know. It's like, and I go, what the hell? I already took my shoes off. They already screamed me when I come in. Why? And they were just parading people around. I was so offended. They get up, we get upstairs and there's a long line of people. We had to be in line, know who's in front. I mean, that like children, oh, yes. like, like children. And then they said, and if anybody needs to go potty, it's over. I, I had all I could do to say, excuse me, I pay your salary. I mean, we are adults. We've taken off time from our lives to be here for, for this, you know, travesty, I want to say. But uh, and so you can address us as adults. Mm -hmm. Those are restrooms. I mean, I was I was so offended. Well, absolutely, it's really kind of insane down there. <laughs> I know it is. It's kind of crazy. But you know, going leaving well, at the end of the day, you got to hear this. This uh, this lawyer who was also in the jury pool. He oh, came, lawyer in the yeah, jury pool. That doesn't sound right. Well, lawyer, lawyer in the jury pool. He came up to me and wanted to talk. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's really says that uh, you know, and so he actually took some notes. He says, "Yeah, you need to check this because he didn't know anything about what I was talking about." So he took some notes and he was going to go well, home and check it good. out. That's a good indication. Yeah, some I, of them are waking up. Some so, of them are waking but, up. It was pretty you know, cool. What you don't understand, most people don't grasp, is when you go through that metal detector and you've got those marshals masquerading as bailiffs, <clears throat> yeah, uh, and going to these court systems where you got to go through all these different nuances and do what they say and so oh, these are private for private profits yeah. foreign owned yeah. corporate courts and they absolutely have a fiduciary interest this is but they, but they had the, they, they had the constitution nicely oh, printed out and framed oh, yeah, on the yeah, wall yeah, yeah. it was just a decoration uh, yeah 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 nice <laughs> ornaments that, you know that's just for effect to give you the illusion the, that the constitution applies exactly there. so chris how the heck did you get out of being a citizen? How, this was this is a lot of steps. This is something that people want to know about, and I'm putting you on the spot right now because I'd like you to start holding a class hmm. and, uh, and and to teach this. Well, you know, once a month, twice a month, every week, whatever you want to okay. do, because you know, there's a lot of people with different ideas about this, but they're they're convoluted and a mess. When I think there's a simpler strategy that um, people are employing okay, now. Well, under Vattel's Law of Nations, we all have the individual right of self-determination to declare and proclaim to the world accurately what our lawful political status is. And if you don't declare, then the government presumes to assume that you're in the most legally advantageous or disadvantageous to you capacity that you could possibly be in. The right to self-determination is done through an affidavit of truth where you set forth what you are or what you're not. If you tell them what you're not, like a non-resident, non-domestic, non-citizen U.S. national, state citizen, mm -hmm. state individual, or 
individual living amongst the several states, perhaps, you might even be a stateless person. Um, then an affidavit, unless it's rebutted point by point with facts, law, and evidence to rebut or to counter the claims that are made in the affidavit as truth, it stands in truth, fact, and law as irrefutable evidence, unless it's rebutted. So once you create that affidavit, you would properly serve it with any uh, suggestions that you should appear anywhere. Appear? Live people can't appear. Right, or attend. Attend. Or maybe specially attend, Mm -hmm. or especially appear perhaps, Mm -hmm. rather than generally, which uh, gives the court jurisdiction. And then you might want to um, possibly challenge the jurisdiction because that private form corporate court only has the ability to control their registered slave property. So, do you have a passport? I do. It's expired. Mm -hmm. But uh, an officially registered or issued government document uh, is still irrefutable proof of nature. But you're... Actually, what you're right, if you were to send to the Secretary of State that affidavit with your I-9 passport form. DS-11. Yeah, DS-11. And be sure and check the correct box. The top box is the U.S. citizen box. Yeah, you got to be real careful filling that baby well, out. you may not know the meaning of U.S. citizen. Yeah. You may not live within the... Tw- in Miles Square, which is Washington District of Criminals. You may not be a small C federal citizen subject to the power and of And if Congress. you put if you happen to put in your zip code, that puts you oh, in yeah, those the, ten districts where federal zone identifier protocol yes. that's where the zip comes from, extends federal jurisdiction to all who voluntarily agree to utilize that federal zone identifier to extend the federal territories within the states where they don't have any lawful jurisdiction. Right. Uh, the 911 systems, another scheme they have. Oh, I didn't. I had no idea that 911 was part of the scheme. Oh, that, in fact, if you call 911, then they presume to assume that they have the authority to enter your residence without a warrant to check on your welfare. Holy cow! Ah, well, you know these are schemes, and you can opt out of all these things by noticing the individual is in charge of the. Uh, 911 communication system that you opt out and you don't wish to enjoy the privilege of 911. Well, well, I've heard people say, you know, I mean, uh, uh, my most cherished possession's always been my library card, but I'm going to give that up. That's a privilege. <laughs> when when I when I become a a sovereign again, and mm-hmm. and because this is all done under duress and under fraud. I mean, nobody nobody goes in saying volunteering to be a slave. Well, these are called unconscionable, unilateral. Adhesion contracts. Adhesion contracts, correct. Whereby you are stuck to the contract yep. by the implications, tacit operations of law. Your driver's license. Yep, another adhesion contract. They don't, but you're not a driver. That's correct. Driving is a commercial activity. Yes. And a motor vehicle is a commercial vehicle. Yeah, and even and even, and even going um, to work, you're not engaged in a commercial oh, no, no, no. operation. You're, you're just personally traveling in your automobile, in your personal you're automobile. Tr- they're your private home effects, your private personal conveyance. Yes. It's not a commercial vehicle. It's not for hire, and you're not hauling freight or passengers for compensation. Right. You may be transporting guests. Yeah. Or family members. Or they may be chipping in on the gas. 
Well, they, that's okay. If they choose to give you a donation, a contribution, or a gift, yeah. that's their choice. That's their choice. We all have a private right to contract between ourselves, right. unlimited. Correct. <laughs> well, Correct. That's true. Well, it's so, absolutely true. It says so in the Constitution. Right. So, it's the supreme law of the land. Yeah. <laughs> Contracts and treaties. Well, what people are going to argue, and people have made arguments oh, okay. about this, uh -huh. is that the Constitution... Now, I, I like to get to the rock bottom of this, mm -hmm. because it, it's, it applies so strongly to our, to our friends, the Bundys, okay? Mm. People will say that the Constitution has been suspended... When the corporation, when the, when the bankruptcy took place, and there's a bankruptcy every so often, and they re remade the, the corporate United States, the capital U, capital S, you mm -hmm. know, states. USA yeah. Inc., uh-huh. Yeah, USA Inc., mm -hmm. that the corporation, that that suspended the Constitution. Matter of fact, I'll try and find the article now. Well, that's okay. Yeah, well, okay. you're looking for that. Okay. I would tell you the Constitution can't be, has not been suspended. However, it has been overlaying, has been set aside, has been treated like a rag, disrespected, dishonored, trespassed on, abrogated, usurpated, and people have committed treason and committed war against the Constitution, and many of them were presidents of the yeah. corporation of this United States. Yeah, I'm, 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 all, I'm all for rope therapy. Well, yeah, get a rope. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great concept. Uh, uh, in fact, there are a lot of people who don't, and here in America, who don't agree with the recent allegations that we had those people torture those people for us, that we wanted them to do that. I think they're delusional. They probably need to have a competency examination because if they think we agree with murdering people and treating yeah. them like animals and shocking them with cattle prods and making them naked on cold floors till they oh. die and all these sorts oh. of things, uh, that's not in the book that I operate by, and I don't support that. I don't agree with that. I don't give anybody entitlement to murder in my name. I don't no. think that genocide is being called, covered up, given a nice title for murder qualifies. Yeah. I don't think killing babies, I don't think killing trees for Christmas yeah. Or, yeah. or any of that sort of killing is what our Creator Father wanted us to do, and I don't agree with it, and we'll never accept anybody trying to allege that I have responsibility for those kind of diabolic, deceptive, and destructive acts. <laughs> I guess you've said this a couple times. Mm, no. No, that just came out. <laughs> it's extemporaneous. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, well, in, in your, it, what's interesting is that one day I was in the gym, I was in the sauna, and I got talking to this lady, and she was from, oh, somewhere in the Baltic states, I'm trying to think. It's a place where they, they actually talked about wag the dog, and she said... That that the U.S. had ruined her country. The U.S. military had ruined oh. her country. In a, um, uh, let me try and think. Um, uh, Albania. Okay. And so we got we got talking and stuff. So of course I had a very interesting conversation. I said, I bet you don't have this conversation with most Americans. And she goes, No, most Americans are really naive and and dumb about this kind of stuff. And I said, But why is it you want to live in the government in the country of your enemy, the people that destroyed your country? Just because I like the American people. Well, and you're you're exactly right. The mm -hmm. the object of your point is that the American people are not the same as the people who run this government, which the people who seek to occupy these positions of power and authority to run this government mm -hmm. generally are not the common sense constituents that they supposedly re uh, represent. They're 
moneyed influential powers, many cases barred licensed acquired attorneys in opposition to the original 13th Titles of Nobility Act Amendment, uh, which excluded them from being able to hold public office. And so whenever you find that out, it, you know, it is surprising. But our empire building occupation wars against our neighbors uh, is in absolute opposition to our founders' wise counsel to avoid entangling alliances in foreign lands with our enemies. Exactly. We're supposed to have friendly relationships with all and entangling alliances with none. Absolutely. And this is pretty... And we did for... interspersed through a long time. Sure, sure. And when we go on these foreign occupancy and police actions and stuff yeah. uh, first, I don't think we did that until... Uh, at least the middle 1900s or so, we, we got yeah. drug into wars in uh, Japan and Germany and maybe a couple other places. And uh, bamboozled. Well, the First World War, 1910 or 13, somewhere around there. I don't remember. I wasn't there. The uh, Second World War was about the 40 through 44, 43. Um, and those were all pretextual wars where we really didn't have a dog in the hunt, but we were poked in the eye and our boats and people were yeah, assaulting and, and, to drag and, us into it. In all false flag events, yeah, it, all, all done that way to drag us in. Kind of like Oklahoma City in 911. Oh, yeah, all that uh, Waco. Oh, yeah, Waco, w yeah. Janet Reno and under the Clinton administration. Or yeah, I mean, cr crazy. Oh, yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. I mean, so um, this Ooh. is a... Um, this is this person's take on this, and, and maybe you can comment on it. We're, we're running close to time here. The United States government went bankrupt in 1933. It is an established fact that the United States federal government was dissolved by the Emergency Banking Act of March 9, 1933, and its 48 Statute 1, public law, blah, 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 declared by President Roosevelt, our good friend FDR, <laughs> okay, being insolvent and bankrupt. House Joint Resolution 192, 73 Congress, in session June 5th, 1933, a joint resolution to suspend the Gold Clause standard and abrogate the Gold Clause, dissolve the United States in the, in the official capacities of all U.S. government offices, officers and departments as further evidence that the United States federal government exists today in name only. The receivers of the U.S. bankruptcy are the international bankers via the United Nations, the World Bank, and the International Monetary Fund. All U.S. offices, officials, and departments are operating within a de facto status in name only under the emergency war powers. And this has been going on much longer than 1933, probably since Lincoln, right? Well, with the constitutional republic form of government now dissolved, the receivers of the bankruptcy have adopted a new form of government for the United States. This new form of government is now known as the democracy, being um, an established socialist communist order under a new world order, governorship for America. While operating under a fictional basis now, because we are under martial law, uh, martial rule, thanks to what happened with Abraham Lincoln, which was intended to protect us, the founding fathers declared that only gold and silver coins can be used the only money to be made in America, and it, and it just goes on to say that, that when the colonies broke apart, when the North and South broke apart, when they went bankrupt way back then, the U.S. Constitution was no longer valid. 
the Constitution is now void because there's no sovereign government and we're under martial law rules. So it's time for us to wake up. Well, that I think is mostly correct with a couple of qualifying exceptions. One, that was the corporation went bankrupt and they provided a remedy for we the people who had our gold plundered from us under the guise of the Emergency Banking Act and the uh, low gold clause abrogation they stated very well there. Uh, when they gold was looted from the American people by FDR under his ruse to enrich himself and sold to his buddies in Europe, to his rich banking uh, Zionist bankers for I think it was $34 an ounce. Uh, shortly there went to $100 an ounce, making him and his buddies a tidy investment. Very tidy. Um, they provided what was called the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act as an amelioration and relief. And in fact, recently the CFPB, the Federal Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a newly created federal agency, much like the FBI. Oh, I uh, like them already. Well, <laughs> uh, they've kind of been going through some changes with their new director, Richard Cordray, and uh, they're still contemplating what they want to do, and they seem to be undergoing some influences from the Eric Holder Justice Department. Uh, the Eric Holder Injustice Department? Uh, well, yeah. if you like prosecuting victims and rewarding criminals, and yeah. uh, perhaps using your official capacity and license as an extortion racket, to enrich yourself and others uh, by any means possible, uh, that might be the case. They actually are doing some good things at the CFPB and they're doing some things that have some other aspects to it. Such as? Oh, uh, they're creating uh, regulations that require people to self-incriminate and report their, new, their bad actions and to undergo fines extortions to buy forgiveness so they won't be held to criminal liability for them if they self-report. You know, kind of like the confession box in yeah. the Catholic Church. If you go in and uh, confess your sins and give a donation to the church, you're absolved. Yeah. Absolution. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's really quite a clever extortion scheme. It is. Uh, we've seen very good examples of this in the large bankster gangster operations around the world who have been brought in and rendered and charged monster fines of two and three millions or billions or maybe even trillion, but they stole hundreds of trillion dollars. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. yeah, slap on the wrist. Yeah, well, what's, with, what's with all the dead banksters? Uh, you mean you don't think that they're I think they're being suicide? No, I think they're being suicided. But maybe why? it's something on the on the money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, uh, well, if they are having an attack of conscience or they know too much, yeah. uh, it could be to keep them quiet from whistleblowing and uh, talking about what they really know. Uh, yeah. It, it's 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 really quite interesting. I think it was up to thirty-four or so bankers last time I checked. It, I know that the, the <laughs> bankers and world-class microbiologists, oh, yeah. de 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 deadly line of work to be in lately. Yeah, if you're telling the truth, it's a dangerous time in the times of dictators and despot wannabes.
Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, it's something else. Those, those microbiologists, what, what do they know? What do those bankers know that we need to know? Well, and maybe they're having loose lips and wanting to sink ships. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like the Admiralty. Uh, mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty interesting. Well, it, do, do you see a, do 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 you see relief? Do you see um, a remedy here? Do you do you see this as turning around? Well, there's uh, <laughs> the stock and trade answer is probably correct. There's two chances, slim and none. Slim and none, right, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, I know the Chance Brothers. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, it's really, it's a, it's a very dangerous time in America right now. Uh, whenever we start looking to our former Soviet neighbors and their leader Putin, who seems to be more American and they seem to be a more Christian-loving nation, in America, which was supposedly the Emerald City on the Hill, the New Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yerushalayim. It's uh, rather interesting when we start paying attention to these things closely and uh, seeing what's going on. I'm frankly frightened for our country, um, frightened for our way of life, our customs. We're being overrun with all these demented diabolic schemes and depravities and perverse alternative lifestyles yep. being foisted on the American public and told us that this is reasonable and normal and we're supposed to do this stuff and send our children off to be taught to oh, these yeah. depraved acts and engage oh. in these alternative lifestyles that are specifically excluded in the scriptures, if you read those. Right. Well, you know, with the, but we're narrow-minded. I mean, if we, you're narrow-minded... But I mean, really, what is? Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not. Sh well, I don't know that it's whether we are, but I don't think the Creator changes His law. No, 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 he, no, he he doesn't. You know, and that's always that always kind of I think is kind of interesting when people say, well, you know, they we changed the how the church feels about that because of you know the times changed. Well, the, did the Creator really change? I don't think so. There was a I'm trying to remember who said this, but they said that we in fact I. We're out of time. Well, Chris, Circuit Vegas, thank you so much today. You've given us lots of food for thought. Ruled by wicked men or venal beasts. Join us next oh, week on Sacred Cow Barbecue. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Here we go. Haha, <laughs> I'm talking live on air over the music. <laughs> 